you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio. <laughs> <laughs> you supposed to do all it that before? <laughs> it doesn't matter how hard I try. <laughs> it doesn't matter how much I think, <clears throat> ready. It doesn't matter. The Lord has a very consistent and public way of humbling me. Well, I mean, I know over, you know, and over <laughs> being in and the studio over I, again. You know, being in the studio, you know, you get a little choked up being here with me. Sure, that's and and especially the way I was going to start off the program. Ooh, what were you going to say? Well, my first. Well, first, let me just let me just our team. Okay, all right, sweet victory. <laughs> Is here, okay, and J Mac is on tap to help us navigate the show. Both of them quite aware of my issues with my throat and just in life in general. Um, and I appreciate them. Uh, no, so so it's Friday. It's our gumbo show. We do yes. a recap, sometimes a little bit of a lighter show. We're going to take a look at some of the topics that we've discussed this week. Uh, then also jog back over to Disney because Disney just won't go away. <laughs> D- well, Disney they, you know, they're is, restructuring and trying to... Well, you know. and, okay, so then let's revisit some of our <laughs> right, conversation. Right, right. Uh, But, no, the way I was going to start off the program is that I was going to say on Sunday, you know, we talk a lot about marriage and family and the church and... Um, yes. And those things are all important to us, looking at the way we engage culture mm-hmm. with a biblical worldview from a biblical, strong biblical conviction uh, but this Sunday, we are going to be celebrating 18 years of marriage. 18 years. Yeah. And so I just thought, you know, how cool it would be if we started off the show. Just And this just came to me with you just kind of talking about, <laughs> <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> why are you laughing? So with me like, talking about how. how uh, Let's see if you can get it. What, well, what, how, what do you think I'm going to say? How blessed I am to be married to you. That's very close. You uh, well, use spiritual terms. <clears throat> what were you going to say? Just how great I am. <laughs> you are great. Nikki oh, the man. great. You don't, okay, <laughs> you don't make this fun when you just go and. Well, and I mean, I have like, to tell, you we have to, we have to tell the truth time. in this culture today. You have, okay, wow. Um, <laughs> you have to give me a hard time, which uh-huh. makes it funny. Remember, this? these are the roles that we play. People expect me to be the funny one. You're the right, serious one. Right. You have to give me a hard time. And I was time. just being serious. Be a little, yeah, that's true. So, okay. you know. Let's hey. go Let's go more toward the part of your personality yeah. that has made our marriage a success. Be a little bit stubborn. Oh. Like be- <laughs> oh. I don't know whether to take that as a compliment or. Well, let me just tell you. I was talking to one of your daughters, and um, she was talking about the type of man that she wants to be married to. And she was just saying, man, she goes, I, I want to be married to a strong leader. She goes, I don't want to be married to someone who is a pushover. And she and I really think that um, based on some of our other conversations, <laughs> the fact that you're immovable, <laughs> they mm-hmm. often see you that way. 
um, I think that's had a huge influence on the type of man that she wants to marry. Well, like, good. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a gentle stubbornness, but it's a stubbornness nonetheless. Yeah, I think most people don't get to hear that on this program. I would like to call it being resolute. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Stubborn sounds negative to me. There's a lot in our culture that sounds negative <laughs> because people are unacquainted with it. I mean, stubborn sound like a mule. How about <laughs> you know? Like, how, about, how about steadfast? Yes. I'll Immovable. Always bound. Yes. Okay. Uh yeah, no, I think resolute <laughs> is the is the word. And yeah. and I think um that's one of the things, just looking back, so we are going to celebrate eighteen years on December fourth. Yes. I'm super excited about that. Uh, and one of the things that I remember in the first year of marriage, people constantly said to us, um, oh, my goodness, are you guys so excited? You're newlyweds. And if you remember, my response was always, yeah, this is great, but I'm really looking forward to uh, years under our belt because I had the sense of it's just going to get better. Mm-hmm. I think the more you know someone, yeah, um, definitely. the deeper that relationship is and you yes. just – you're not so easily offended. You can laugh at the things that are kind of confusing. And mm-hmm. and in the first year of marriage, you don't really have that. You no. know, not if you not if you do it the Lord's way because you haven't practiced. <laughs> right. Right. You you're know right. what I mean? Yeah, like you haven't. Right. And so um, and I'm not saying that to be prideful. I'm just saying that to be a statement of fact. The Bible yeah. has a prescription for how yes, we're to do yes, marriage. And definitely. How we're to do it before we're married. Definitely. Right. So. um Anyway, yeah. but I I was always looking forward to getting to this, mm-hmm. to, to getting to the place where uh, we just know each other. Mm-hmm. And there were, were not these questions about motives and intent and mm-hmm. are you serious? And just kind of being able to, not that we don't have any of that. I mean, because right. we're right. human, there's still um, opportunities for clarity, mm-hmm. right? Which is Definitely. always good. But it's not like it was in the first year where you just, you just don't really know and yeah. you're learning. Yeah, yeah. You learn a lot. I mean, you know, you you get closer. Yeah. Um life happens and life makes you closer and it's it's way different from the beginning, you know. And there's a there's a lot more comfort, like a, a greater comfort le- For sure. level, you know, and a lot more understanding and <laughs> you know, even understanding yourself. Yeah, you know, that's uh, so true. cuz you know, early on, you may think you know all types of things, mm-hmm. and you find out really quickly mm-hmm. that you don't, you know. Tell me one of the things. I'll tell you one of mine. Mm-hmm. Tell me one of the things that you thought you knew about yourself that you would have said you were certain about um, as it pertains to describing yourself yeah. that once you were married, you learned, okay, that's actually not, yeah. not yeah. what I thought. I thought that I was able to communicate my feelings clearly. Because you're a poet, because you write poetry. Yeah, I do. Well, yeah, I, I used to. Well, you used to write poetry. So, so I, but but yeah. I I found that man, I I had a very uh, big, I guess, gap in communication skills. Like I didn't really, you know, like I found out. I always knew that I was I was more reserved, more laid back. But I thought I was pretty clear in communicating how I felt. Mm-hmm. But I have learned I have to dig a little deeper to be more detailed in my communication to explain a little bit better you know, what I'm meaning, you know, because I tend to be uh, just short, not in a like, not uh, rude, not in a rude matter way, of fact, you but get like to the point not many quickly. words. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. sometimes things require more words. Yeah. You know, you have to give more detail. And so that was when I thought, hey, you know, people understand me. You don't have to say all of that. Sometimes you have to say all of that. You have yeah. to explain. So that's one one thing. Communication. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So for me, I thought that. 
and I think I told you this before we were married, that I don't cry a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm not an emotional person. I'm passionate about what I'm convicted yeah. about, you know. Yeah. Um, but I'm not emotional, and I'm I'm probably tougher than you think, that kind of a thing. And then we got married, and and then I realized that it is because probably that I had not loved anyone in this way or mm. cared about right. what one person thought about me right. and the way that I cared the, about how you thought about me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that was that was new to me. I thought I was super tough. Like, I thought I was just like, yeah. you know, yeah. like chain metal <laughs> kind of nothing to getting in. Right. And, you know. right. and then we got married, and I remember just crying all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what do you mean by that look? Yeah. What is that? Yeah. Is that, you know, did I do something to embarrass you? Cause we're, we have totally different personalities. Right. Right. And you do not like to draw attention to yourself. No. I love it. <laughs> hey y'all, what you doing? Like super just, you know, I've toned down mm-hmm. a lot. People are like, really? Yeah. This is the toned down version. It is <laughs> folks. It is. It is. If it you'd is. known it me is. like 20 years ago, you'd be like, Whoa, yeah. I can't believe. I, I think we all, I think we both, we rub off on each other because yeah. I think I have, become more outgoing even though people say this, you're outgoing <laughs> like yes compared yeah. to how i was this is so true so i think that's yeah. something that uh that happens in marriage you know you begin to rub off on each other you that's know there's certain things that you you compromise and you stretch you have to work harder you know you, you have to give a little so you become better i believe you yeah. become better you know as a result of marriage yeah i, I don't remember uh oh i know this past week uh, there are some things going on in our family and with you in particular. And I was just kind of walking through those things mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, talking to you about these things in front of the kids. <laughs> and Gabby said, Gabby said um, oh, that you guys still love each other that much. Oh, like, uh, you know, <laughs> oh, and, wow. and we're like, of course, like, and this should be comforting to you. Yeah, yeah. That we still care about each other and that yeah, we still, that they you see, know. That you can see that yeah. we love each other. You know, that's important. Yeah, I think the thing that we miss so much, and it's such a huge opportunity that we have in marriage, is we miss that marriage, and and this is, I'm going to say, it is because marriage has been um, redefined, not just in the current context that we're talking about, topics of the show that we've had here recently, not just in that way, but marriage has been redefined among those who have the basic definition that it is between a man and a woman, there has still been a redefinition of sorts. Mm. And I think simply to say it, it's that we have really thought that marriage is supposed to make us happy. Mm. And I Mm. think that, and it's because of fairy tales. It's because Mm -hmm. of the movies. It's because of the cartoons that we grew up watching. We're Mm -hmm. all victims of that. Um, Whether we recognize it or not, certainly we recognize it once we get married. Right. But if we go into marriage understanding and embracing that marriage makes us holy, Mm. you you can see the endurance that is required. Yeah, you know, you can yeah. see how you you've got to be in it for the long haul because there is a sanctifying work in this. That's definitely and that. Yeah, yes. if if you jump off the potter's wheel prematurely, right. then you know you're like disfigured cup. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. Yeah, and even as people of God, we should be more desirous of holiness yeah. than happiness. Yeah, the fleeting. Happiness, you know, and I think people have made that mistake. A lot of people have made that mistake because there will be some unhappy times in marriage. You know, it won't always be this, you know, picture that you get on movies and stuff like that. When, like, like, when, when is that coming for us? <laughs> when, when are the, when is that? You know, that is, time is you didn't, certain, you like, didn't make my meal. 19, I was hungry and you 19, didn't want to. <laughs> 
You didn't want to cook? Remember that time? No. I was unhappy. I don't know know what you're talking about. (laughs) Okay, listen. Cereal is a meal. Okay? Breakfast for dinner is what we call it around here. And cereal, good almond milk on top of some Uh, muesli. Some what? (laughs) Muesli? I don't know. I've just seen it in stores. I don't think I've ever bought it. Uh, maybe if you make me really mad, Muesli. that's uh, what I'll get you. No, don't do it. It's a thing, musically. I think okay. it's a thing. Anyway, okay. I may be saying it wrong, but it's a thing. Uh, no, but you're so right, though, because you do have those times where you're unhappy, and that's where the covenant comes into play, yes. right? That's where that this is for my sanctification, and that's this great, is for my growth in the Lord. Point. Yeah, It's a great point because I think we have to do a better job in our churches in uh, instructing what marriage is and the commitment of it, yeah. the covenant you know, commitment in marriage because, and that should happen, you know, um, before people get married. Like you should oh understand goodness, that sure. this is for life. Like you are, this is it, you yeah. know? Um, I think we have to really press down on that, especially in the times that we're living in when they throw out things like no fault divorce and things like that. Mm-hmm. No, you know, the people of God, like we don't submit to that. So I think we have to do a better job, even as the uh, the, the body of Christ, and in instructing on what marriage is, and that it's a commitment. Yeah, absolutely. And and I I say this not to beat up on us as Christians, but to to own the responsibility that we have. Yeah. It is our failure to to celebrate and to um, announce, you know, um, loudly mm-hmm. God's design for marriage in a heterosexual context, which is the only definition yeah. of marriage. But it has been our failure to celebrate and to protect that that has really opened the doors for massive redefinition. Like, yeah. I, I yeah. think once we get to the place where we're able to own that and to say, man, you know, we've had some failures, um, we didn't we didn't do it right, yeah. but we're committed to acknowledging that and moving forward, which is healthy, right, to acknowledge your failures yeah. and... and right repent and to move yes. forward, um, then I think we're going to just continue to see the decline and the redefinition of marriage in our culture. They cannot, no one can effectively redefine marriage because the definition of marriage is inherent to the institution. Mm. It presents itself um, as it, def- like it's defining itself as it's presented Right. Like what it is. And and everybody knows it's rooted in anthropology. It's it's rooted in the things that we value yeah. that we define as marriage. And so anyway, I'm excited that this weekend I'll celebrate 18 years being married to you. It has been incredible. Years. I hope for 18 hundred more. All right. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Aaron, the Addison's uh, we'll grab the break. This is American Family Radio. Stay close. If you choose to become a new you, do what you do. It's your choice, but just because you view gender as a feeling doesn't mean I do too. Yo, this is not meant to offend you. I'm not against you. I'm against an agenda that tells a child to feel and render the gender without the scientific evidence ever. Wow, welcome back. Sarah and the Addisons on American Family Radio. It's a Friday edition, which means you get um, a lot of deep content, even in the music, right? Even in the music. My goodness. We need I'm some deep content in the music. And I'm Will, and that's Dayton featuring Bizzle with My Bad. Yikes. You know, I always say about rappers, mm-hmm. it's one thing to communicate a thought. So basically, at a basic level, 
He's mm-hmm. saying the kinds of things that we say in conversation on this program. Yeah. Okay. But to put it. Make it rhyme and oh put it goodness. over a track and have this cadence in which you're rapping. How do you, I just don't, and I know, and there are people who say, I just I don't understand rap. I think you could do I it. Don't, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. Um, maybe we could do a challenge. I, I wouldn't want to embarrass myself. I know what, where my lane is. Um, but I just, I know there are people who say, I don't understand rap, but I'm just like, but think about it, though. Yeah. The person, it, now, when this is true, this is not always true in rap. Right. I mean. Right. And it's not always true in CC, CMA, whatever No, call, it's CCH, not. I mean, right. Call. But they got a little bit longer time to yeah. try to put things together that true, don't make true. sense. <laughs> I'm saying in rap, it's moving so fast. Yeah. And then, and because and we always were obviously listening for the content. So when you hear these plays on words right. and you hear them making these deep theological points i'm just like how mm-hmm. how sway how? i just don't understand <laughs> anyway all right let's recap the week um as we look back because then what we'll do is we'll open the phone lines um i'm gonna say at the beginning of the last segment just because in response to what the current events are mm-hmm. we do have some video clips that we want to play okay. um for our listeners today but on monday we our show topic was buy truth and do not sell it um again living in a culture that is compelling us to tell lies. The encouragement is to keep telling the truth and to not apologize for that and mm-hmm. to not ask permission, but to keep telling the truth. The comfort and the encouragement that we have as Christians is that the truths that we espouse are self-evident. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have to dig down deep for the truth that we are espousing on a regular basis. Like, And, and I, I wish that more Christians were comforted by that or dare I say convinced Mm -hmm. of that. I wish that Mm -hmm. more Christians were convinced of that. Uh, And then on Tuesday, uh, lovers of pleasure mark difficult times. And, and this kind of goes back into the whole Disney thing because Bob Iger has come back to Disney and people believe that the sun has come out tomorrow. (laughs) They're betting their bottom dollar. Yeah. Uh, among them is incredible investigative journalist uh, Christopher Rufo. Yeah. Now Christopher Rufo has done some amazing work. Yeah. He oh, yeah, has definitely. uncovered and exposed and presented yes. uh, to the public incredible content. I mean, it was Christopher Rufo who took us into these like Slack channels and let us hear mm-hmm. people talking about mm-hmm. how they were just, you know my term here, gaying up all of the Disney content that they possibly could. Mm -hmm. It was Christopher Rufo who did that. It's Christopher Rufo who uncovered all kinds of documents to expose the teaching, the peddling of critical race theory inside schools. And now it is Christopher Rufo who has brought to us the first clips of Bob Iger facilitating a town hall Mm -hmm. with the employees of Disney. So it's sort of a, you know, welcome back so where are we now? Right. And I think even as this is circulating, you know, Christopher Rufo feels like this is Disney. They're, mo- they're moderating. Or they, they're, mm. they're, they're having a, a more neutral stance. They're, they're trying to like, but I don't believe that. So you sent me this <clears throat> clip on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. You sent me this clip on Tuesday night, or I don't know, whenever you sent it, I saw it on Tuesday night um, before I was beginning to read my bedtime book. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> And um, and then I just said, no, I don't I don't see it. Yeah. And so this was Tuesday night. And 
here's what I said to you, and we're going to play the clip because I think our listeners, maybe if they haven't heard it at this point, they need to hear it to have a little bit of context. Um, my thought on this is that what Bob Iger did in this town hall mm-hmm. was paint a color on the wall that is whatever color the person looking at the wall wants to see. Mm. Okay. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's like that. It's like a, a bluish green mm-hmm. type color where a person walks in the room and they say, Oh, I love what you've done with the place. That's a great green color. And then another person walks in and says, Oh, I love what you've done with this room. This blue is perfect. Mm. And it's like, whatever you walk up to the wall within your mind, mm-hmm. that's what you see. And I feel like that's well, what like a politician. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Exactly yeah. right. And and I feel like too many, because again, lovers of pleasure, I feel mm. like too many people are like, yes, yeah, see, I knew it. I knew that Disney would come back to us. But again, as we've already said, it was Bob Iger who began sort of like lurching Disney away from you, if you will. And there's yeah. some people who would argue that, no, even before then. But right. he was the right. one who understood, you know, where his loyalties needed to be expressed Mm -hmm. and began to move Disney in that direction. So I'm not at all comforted by his town hall comments. And I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Christopher Rufo. Mm -hmm. I just think he's wrong on this. I I think, and, and, and as I told you on Tuesday evening, I said, you know, I'm, we got to put our arms down. You know, we're running through the tape. We're like, what did I, I said, we're like, it's like, no, you're not there yet. Like yeah. that's, that's not what's yeah. happening. Um, in this town hall, Bob Iger was asked about Disney's reaction to the parental uh, rights in education law that was passed in Florida. Mm-hmm. You'll hear in this clip, um, that it's called the Don't Say Gay Bill, mm-hmm. right? It's the Parental Rights in Education. <laughs> Very basic understanding that parents have the rights over their kids' education, what they do and do not learn, okay? Mm. So this is clip two where Bob Iger is asked a question about this bill mm-hmm. down in Florida, this now law down in Florida, and um, let's. this is clip two. Here we go. All right, another virtual question. What is your stance on the Don't Say Gay situation? Well, first of all, uh, our LGBTQ employees are very important to us, and we care deeply about them. That is a given. Um, secondly, this company has been telling stories for 100 years, and those stories have had a meaningful, positive impact on the world. And one of the reasons they've had a meaningful, positive impact is because one of the core values of our storytelling is inclusion and acceptance and tolerance. And we can't lose that. We just can't lose that. I think about, I think about Black Panther and the impact that had on the world, or a film like Coco. I mean, I could go on and on. And how we actually change the world for the good. We must continue. Um, <laughs> man, this green color. <laughs> no, I it's, love... It's teal. Okay, yes, it's not it is. Green, it's, it is. Yeah. It is, actually. <laughs> Peter. It is. Uh, okay. Oh, wow. Let me, see what you did there. You see what I did there? Yeah. So here's the thing. When you begin your comments, okay, by talking about who you care about, mm-hmm. all right, and then you go into the core value discussion. All right. Mm-hmm. So you set up the core value discussion by saying inclusion, acceptance, and tolerance. Mm-hmm. 
this is all diversity, equity, inclusion language. Right. Like it's it's been around for a long time. Right. So so now everything that is built off of that foundation will strongly suggest that these are the values that will continue to be woven into what we produce here. Mm. But then what you do is you bring in an example. So you say Black Panther because, you know, you gotta give a race. Nod to the, yeah, you know. Because, yeah. because now what you want the people listening to hear when you say uh, inclusion, mm-hmm. acceptance, and tolerance, you want them to hear something that they agree upon. Mm-hmm. Like, I agree that ethnicity is not something that we should discriminate over. Like, right. a person that is immutable, they cannot control that. So you've got to bring in that sort of, like, perspective where people say, yes, I agree. But then you continue and you say, we're going to continue on with our core values. But the core values that you have historically brought to your content, based on everything that was exposed, even by Christopher Rufo himself, is that when you guys are talking about diversity and mm-hmm. inclusion, you're talking about varied sexual practices. Right. And you're talking about varied sexual identities. Right. So we understand that you even came out, you know, Mm-hmm. against JPEG, that, right. that the company, that he needed to say something. So now all of a sudden you're going to come in again as the warrior with the sword and, and you're going to make everything right. I think the question is, what's the context of what he's talking about? Mm. I do hear in, in his comments, though, we care about our LGBTQ mm-hmm. plus employees. That's what he said. Okay, and so what I hear him saying there mm-hmm. is that we're not going to take up the cause of, of like, the nation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but what I also hear him saying, and this isn't, this is going to be clip three here. I also hear him making an argument that we make on a regular basis, however, from a different perspective, a different conviction. Mm -hmm. So while he's saying we care about our employees, you know, we've, we've, um, we're committed to our core values, right? He doesn't see his conviction or their conviction, their mm-hmm. core values. He doesn't see those things as political in nature, which mm. is very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Because when we talk about these, mm-hmm. quote unquote, cultural issues, we actually agree. Mm-hmm. These issues are not political. That's right. They are moral. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to play clip number three. And then I want to come out of this and have a conversation because I want us to be able to increase our discernment to be able to really listen when people are talking mm-hmm. and understand what they're expressing. This is clip three. We also, when you tell stories, it's a delicate balance. You're talking to an audience, but it's also important to listen to an audience. It's important to have respect for the people that you're serving, that you're trying to reach, and not have disdain for it. That said, we're not going to make everybody happy all the time, and we're not going to try to. And we're certainly not going to lessen our core values in order to make everybody happy all the time. Um, so it's, it's complicated, and there's a balance. But And I, I, at one point, I said, we do what we believe is right. And then someone criticized me. We were saying, well, who are you to say that that's right? Well, when you're in a job like mine, or you are responsible for the storytelling that many of you are responsible for, you get paid to have a sense for what is right. Not everybody will agree with you. It's just not, that's just not the way the world is these days. But it doesn't mean you should stop trying to do the right thing. Okay, so please, Mm. so in other words, (laughs) as the storytellers, Uh as the animators here at Disney, we kind of stand in the role of God. Mm. We determine what is right. Mm -hmm. We get paid to have a sense for what is right. 
Okay, and where does that sense come from? Mm. What do do you? Is it an inkling that you have? Is it what becomes culturally normative? Is that what kind of propels how you stand on these issues? Right. But notice also what he's saying is that, guys, we don't want to upset our money base. Mm-hmm. You guys have upset That's what parents. It comes down to. Yeah. Okay, you've yeah. been too overt in this. Mm-hmm. And and how do I how do I know that? Now, of course, of course, I am not going to pretend to read his heart. Right. I'm, right. I'm not going to pretend to read his heart, but I'm going to look at the money that he donates to democratic causes mm-hmm. or, and to Democrats themselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to look at his position and the fact that even his coming back has been welcomed by those who are in this community. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he's an ally. Mm-hmm. So how do you, how do you suppose that an ally is saying now all of a sudden I'm going to distance myself from those I've allied myself to or with. No, he's absolutely not. What he's saying is we have an obligation to do what's right. So the people who want the room to be green, okay, the people who want the room to be green, their definition of right becomes, oh, moral from the moral lawgiver God himself. See, he wants to do what's right. The people who see the room as blue are like, no, no, because what is right is that love wins. What is right is that we simply reflect what is happening in the culture. And so see what he is saying is that we've got to do what's right, but we've got to be more subtle. Mm-hmm. So so everybody walks out seeing the room, the color they want to see it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Here's what I'm saying to Christians. Um, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> simply, huh? You you violated our trust. Like, why would I trust you with my kids? Right. Like I you know, and I was telling you, um, <laughs> I was I was giving you an example mm-hmm. of the kind of like subtle things that Disney has done over the years and just talking about this. And there are things that you hear it. And there's a, um, I'll, I'll use this really quick example. Cause then we've got another clip that I want to play before we go to the break. And by the way, I'll open the phone lines, 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. It's a Friday gumbo show. Everything goes into the pot within reason. Um, <laughs> but there's a, there's a, uh, the song from the movie Encanto, right? Mm-hmm. There's the opening song with, um, Mirabel. Mm-hmm. And Mirabel is singing this song about the family. And there's a line in the song where she's talking about how her family became the family and, and who they all are, right? And then she says, uh, she sings, two men fell in love and then they became a part of the family Madrigal. Now, the pictures show that it's the two uncles who marry into the family. Mm-hmm. Okay, the mom and the sister, They yeah. these two men. But the line is, two men fell in love. Mm. And and that's how they became a part of the family Madrigal. Mm-hmm. Now, I know people are like, oh, Miki, come on. You can't be, like, reading everything. No, but those are the types of subtleties that I believe Iger wants to return to. Where you can, you can, you can slowly change people's minds right. over these issues. I wish that Christians understood that this industry that we're talking about is an industry that has no fear of God in their eyes. Mm. Like, and why would they need to have that? They've made billions of dollars. And I'm not just talking about Disney. I'm talking about the entertainment industry in general. They've made billions of dollars from people who just want to suspend reality in whatever form that is, why would they need to go back to reality that God is the moral lawgiver? 
He has written his law on our heart. We don't get to call audible and determine what is right. That's God right. has already said what is right. That's right. All right, Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio will come right back. Take your calls. Stay right there. Somebody got to do it. They're coming for your rights. Can you pay attention? Hey, now you see the ones protected by the system. Hey, they raided Trump's house while they ain't raided Clinton's. And for discipline to bite him, but he ain't in prison. Talk to just the system, but they want you to forget. I spoke to a number of people kind of up and down the Disney ranks this week. And some of them have worked pretty closely with Iger. And what I'll say is that while they're not necessarily disagreeing with Rufo, they also think he may be reading a little much into the tea leaves here. One told me, for example, Iger is such a master politician that pretty much everyone at Disney was initially pleased with his comments, but then realized he didn't say much either way. And so to that point, I've been told that left-wing activists at Disney walked out of that town hall meeting really feeling that Iger reaffirmed the company's commitment to promote their causes. However, by the end of the day, employees in the LGBT Pride Slack channel were broadly hypothesizing that Disney allowed its latest animated feature, Strange World, to bomb on purpose. Essentially, their theory was that executives didn't put much marketing muscle behind it because its failures give them an excuse not to center more films on LGBT characters. So that is not to say that there's any merit to that speculation. I only pointed out to say this is where the discourse within Disney is right now. Okay, so welcome back. Um, Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. All right. Um, that was Daily Wire's Megan Basham. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to go to the phone lines here. But can I just say, that makes my point perfectly, and I'll just expand with this one thing. The fact that the LGBTQ plus employees over at Disney think that Disney intentionally let Strange World fail so that they could lurch back <laughs> to morality shows the hubris in the belief that, no, people want this. Mm. You know, it's, it's not that the parents were like, you're, no, you're not going to expose my kids to this. You're, I'm not going to let you have these conversations with my kids yeah. through animated films. Right. It couldn't possibly be that. Right. There's no way that people don't want this. There's no, it's got to be that Disney didn't put the dollars into the marketing, into the promoting. So, so that right there tells you the kinds of people who want to handle content that your kids consume. Like, what? Wow. I, I just, yeah. you know, there's no, there's no like, oh, maybe people don't want to present this message to their young children. Yeah. Maybe they do want to preserve the innocence of their children. No. That's not it. It's that Disney didn't put enough in the marketing of this movie. Mm. They let it fail so they didn't have to bother with it ever again. Do you, do you see this? Delusional. So, so again, so again, yeah. right? Like this is what we're working with. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. It's the Friday Gumbo Show. Will the Great, where are we headed? All right. Let's go to Mark in Virginia. Hi, Mark. Hi, Addisons. Hello. Um, I just, uh, last week or two weeks ago on a Friday, you were talking about the betta fish that you have. And uh, I think I think his name is Crusher. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's right. And and so I just wanted to recommend that that you get um, some budgies. 
They're commonly called parakeets, but there's a lot of different kinds of parakeets, and so um, I, I like budgies, and I think that I think that you'd have a lot of fun if you had those. Okay, so so like a bird, right? Okay, hold on, hold on, Mark. Just stay, <laughs> just stay, just stay there. Um, so, what kind of maintenance are we talking here? Like, what, what, what's like? We're all in doing what? What are we doing? Well, you you mean what do you have to do for them? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> well, you have to clean the cage every you know other day or every couple of days. You know, mainly the bottom of the cage. You also have to regularly clean the perches off. And then you have to feed them and water them every day. Uh-huh. Ah, yeah, All yeah, right. Mark. It sounds like a kid. Uh, sounds uh, like another kid. That's, um, a, that's a no <laughs> for me, though. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Mark. Mark's like, that's a horrible thing to say. Now, you know, Mark, if you had said, if if you, y'all, this is just real radio. Mark, if you had said, oh, yeah, maybe, you know, you clean the the cage once a week, maybe once every other week, and 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 they miraculously don't get anything on the perch. <laughs> but I see myself going in there and like you know do 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 and wiping down the little perch, and, and every other day, every other day, yeah, like cleaning out a cage. Yeah. Um, that goes back into the category. So that's one of the reasons we don't have a dog. We constantly tell the kids that when we have someone who's when we no longer have anyone in diapers. Mm-hmm. Okay, we can you know consider yeah, getting a probably dog. Like, well, you have kids who are older; they can do it. Yeah, it but we w- still we us. still have one kid in a diaper. <laughs> True. Okay, we still so we have one kid clean in a diaper. His cage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not in the cage, y'all. He's oh, not in goodness. the cage. Now so that's not... a right wing watch. Clip. <laughs> Aaron the Addison host, Will Addison confesses, kid in cage. Oh man, the Christian religious zealots who cage their kids. Um, that's a joke, people. All right. I will say this though, and 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 people say, no, your kids will learn to clean, and and they'll yes, that is possible. But if the if the bird belongs to Sam Witt. Which crusher is Sam Witt's fish. If the bird belongs to Sam Witt, then that means that you and I are cleaning the cage. Just last night, I had to, no pun intended, I had to fish out popcorn from the- Timmy strikes again. The the fish aquarium, like the tank. And I just go, what is that floating? Because when when popcorn (laughs) starts to kind of like, what is it? Get mushy? Break down? Dissolve? I don't know. I thought, what is that floating in the- It's a piece of popcorn, Timothy. Yes. So, yeah, I don't know. We probably need older kids, all of them, before we bring in something bigger than a fish or a turtle. I just wouldn't want to be responsible for the sweet little budgie that, oh, I can't even imagine. I don't, I don't. (laughs) Hey, but I'll look it up, though, Mark. Thank Thank you so much for that suggestion. I appreciate it. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Camilla in Iowa. Is that right? Where are yes. you, Camilla? Okay, okay, go Hello. ahead. Hello, Iowa. Yes, I am. Hi there. Hello. I'm going to, mine's not going to be so fun. Oh, okay. I'm okay. hearkening back to um, Monday, I believe, when you were talking about the differences in what's expected of marriage between the uh, straight and homosexual oh, community. Yes, yes. And I'll tell you a little story about a good friend, the first friend I had to die from AIDS. Mm. And he, finding out that he had it, so I was born in 1957, mm-hmm. and I fully partook of all the eras. Okay, let's don't go anywhere mm-hmm. other than that. I came to the Lord at 35. Okay, so mm-hmm. um, 
he was shocked that he had AIDS because he said, Camilla, I only have, oh, maybe one or two different partners a week. And what that meant was that instead of going out nightly to the clubs and engaging in, let's just say, multiple, yeah. mm-hmm. that, that he was unusual. Wow. Okay? So that's the kind of thing. I didn't to hear the end of your story that day, but I don't know whether you got into those types of details. I'm sorry. I hope I'm not offending children. But um, the thing is, there, there, I've known a lot of – I have known monogamous long-term uh, uh, gay men, and I know we're not disputing that those exist, but that is what I spoke of was more the norm. Let's look at let's look at nature. The male needs to be ready at all times. <laughs> the female needs to guard the body <laughs> for procreation. Mm-hmm. When you have all men, you have a free for all. Yeah. The yeah. difference between people don't talk that much about the difference between gay men and gay women. They're completely different animals. Women are looking for relationships. Women are looking to create community. And when I had access to this community, it was back in a time where you could lose your job if you found out you were gay. Mm-hmm. So the women created the, you've heard Rosario Butterfield. Or yes. The, mm-hmm. Laura, yes. Laura Perry, you know, explaining that the Christians creating community and welcoming her into her, their home mm-hmm. was what brought her out of the lifestyle. A powerful yeah. testimony. Yeah. But, yes. Yeah, but those are the things I just wanted to share. Oh, Camilla, oh, thank, thank you. you. Camilla. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, that's exactly the point that we were attempting to make, that this this whole idea of monogamish, um, that because the, the basis or because the, the starting point, the foundation of what even is called marriage when you move away from God's standard is a deviation. Yeah. Everything else is a deviation. Even the the idea of monogamy is not God's definition of monogamy. Like mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. you know, and so, yes, ultimately the point that, that I was attempting to make is what you rightly pick up on, that we are not talking about the same things. Yeah. We're not talking about the same outcomes, the same desires at all. And so even to give up ground where people would be willing to call that marriage, I think, is losing it's losing for the Christians. And um, anyway, I appreciate you calling yeah. and sharing that with us, Camilla. Thank you so much. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to John in Texas. Hi, John. Oh, hello there, young people. Hello. hello. <laughs> I'm an old people. <laughs> in 58, I was already 10. So that lady says she didn't get started until 57. <laughs> uh, I was lucky. My mother introduced me to James Dobson's Love Must Be Tough. Hmm. Probably about 1960 or 61 when Carla came through here. But um, that's that's a sad story. I just got that one while I was listening to y'all. What I wanted to say was uh, in 56 or 7, they hadn't stolen the word gay from us yet. Mm. The books that we were reading in our Houston public schools, which that's a whole other story also, um, uh, they would talk about, uh, little House on the Prairie type stories, mm-hmm. and the mother was gay or the children were gay, and it was a completely different meaning then. Yes. And uh, now my fear is what I told your screener is uh, going to the card store and buying someone a nice card, and it's got all these colors on it, and I don't know whether to buy it or not, whether it's mm-hmm. something they've stolen or is it something I need to worry about. I just uh, I mm-hmm. don't want to take my 21-year-old granddaughter one of these big 
ten dollar uh, envelopes mm-hmm. with the wrong the wrong flag on it. Mm. And uh, it's just something I, I caught. I caught in. Uh, came in the kitchen here with the radio is on twenty four hours a day, mm-hmm. and uh, I caught the tail end of what he was saying about his people being so well liked in his industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the only other thing I would add to you is. We've been boycotting uh, California for at least four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they stopped giving you your money back several years ago when you went on the two-week period where they had the whole the whole week was queer. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, so yeah. we stopped going. And when I say we, I'm talking about a whole bunch of people here. There's there's about ten large churches here in the Woodlands uh, Conroe area that. Um, if we decide to shut somebody down, we're going to do it. <laughs> Good for you guys. John, <laughs> and, and you, let John. me tell you, I, I think indeed all across the country there were so many families who said, hold on a second, yeah. we're not giving you our money. And this has been going on for a long time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I would just say this. Well, because I think John was asking a question about, you know, rainbows, I think, and colors and things like that. Yeah. I really appreciate what Ken Ham Uh, and the folks over at Answers in Genesis are doing, I really appreciate that they are getting back to the truth of what the rainbow is, Mm. God's bow in the sky, that that he has given this as a promise to us. And it is a reminder of God's judgment, but it's also a reminder of his grace. And so, I mean, that's not to say that everybody's got to wear it, but I, I would say this, we don't have to fear it. You know mm. what I mean? We Amen. we don't have to. And so we can use wisdom, but um, it also becomes an opportunity to take people to the scriptures. That's what we did with our kids. Yeah. That's what we did. We yeah. made sure that they had a biblical understanding of God's bow, mm-hmm. that he set it in sky, That's in right. the sky as a covenant, as a commitment that he made to us. But it's also a reminder of judgment mm-hmm. that the Lord does mm-hmm. not overlook sin. So yeah. um, anyway, where do we go next, Will the Great? Let's go to Jerry in Tennessee. Hey, Jerry. Hello, young people. Jerry, I, Jerry, I feel like you want my job. Like How is my, that? Uh, I, I, actually, I think I know. First you try to co-host. Uh, now you just call oh, him in. Oh, that. See, you know. Yeah. Well, no, I don't want your job. I, I definitely don't. I couldn't do your job. Notice notice all hey, my security I'm, coming out here. I'm very secure. <laughs> Go ahead, Jerry. I'm hey, sorry. I've been Go thinking ahead. about the uh, I've been thinking about the Disney situation. I'll go, I know we're at the end here, and you always have the music playing on me if I call. Uh, the uh, Disney situation and mm-hmm. how we might have more impact. Just a thought for us. And my overall question here is what if we prayed for Disney? Mm-hmm. So this thought's coming from your show this week. And you know that guy, Jack Morris, who the gay community is con- continually harassing? Jack no, I, no, that they thing doesn't he- ring a bell. Oh, the, the cake guy. I might be saying his name wrong. Oh, Jack um, Jack Phillips. Jack Phillips. I'm gotcha. so sorry. No problem. Jack Phillips, yes. Um, they want him to create something that violates his values. Mm-hmm. And it's becoming clear to me that we are doing the same thing to Disney. We want them to create stories oh, that's with interesting. good and godly themes. Oh, wow. But good and godly stories violate their values. So we're trying to, get, we're trying to force them to do something they don't want to do, something that they don't believe in. Now, the root... The root cause of the problem is not what they create. That's just their fruit. The root cause of what we're seeing is their lost and godless souls. Mm. So I'm just wondering, instead of trying to force them into baking our cake, what if we just started praying for their souls? What if we created a group called A Million Prayers, like the Million Moms, 
and we focused on praying for these people in these different companies that God would give them godly wisdom to bless them and their families and to save their souls. Bottom line, we're supposed to make disciples, not not good entertainment for us. And if we if we make disciples of them, we get both. That's Man. all I got. Thank you. That's Thank you, really Jerry. good, Jerry. That's that's really good. I mean, I don't know that I could add anything to that. I will say, um, I have prayed for some of the characters over there at Disney, um, <laughs> but not the company. Until Monday, Lord willing. God bless.